Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. FM Riverside and 1050 AM Welcome back into the House of Mystery, and I'm Al Warren. Today, or my co-host, it's the one and only Brian Turnoff. How are you doing? Doing great, and from now on out, please call me the illustrious, illustrious Brian Turnoff. Clearly, I can't say it, so I'm not that illustrious. Illustrious. <laughs> so what's on your mind? Thinking of lust. I'm thinking of cheese. A lust cheese. A lust cheese. That's a new type of cheese. <laughs> well, it's a, it's another uh, beautiful day. I heard it's Tuesday today. I'm not sure. Um, so what do we got going on today? Jeez, um, I you. How was that concert you went to? That uh, Beyond Beyond concert? Was it? Didn't some? Didn't you get peed on or something? Uh, no, 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 no. I think uh, I think that was our guest, Paul, who got who got peed on oh. at that concert. <laughs> but my understanding, that's what it said in the article. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. We'll find out. So, uh, joining us, uh, no, he's from the West Coast. We've got a sci-fi writer. He's got a book out called Sunset Distortion and the Pyramid at the End of the World. So, Mr. Uh, Paul Bahu, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. And... Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't visited R. Kelly in jail lately. No pee. I'm good. <laughs> oh, some of that poo-poo. <laughs> I'm not touching that one at all. Mr. R. Kelly, uh, he think he could fly. But um, So, Paul, you've written a book. Um, I have indeed. <laughs> and so what, what brought you to this, this world to write a book, in sci-fi book? Well, uh, sci-fi is my favorite genre. I love science fiction. There's always a lot you can do with it, and there's a lot you can say. Um, I feel like it's just, uh, in terms of the different uh, genres out there, uh, it's one that's always uh, 
really appealed to me. Uh, I've been writing since I was young. Uh, I, I won my sixth grade short story contest. So I've been, uh, I've been oh. a big fan of just uh, uh, writing since I was young. Uh, I wrote grants for a living for like 10 years. Really dry, but, you know, it was uh, still writing. I wrote the politics column for a punk magazine called Smash for about four or five years out here on the West Coast. So, uh, yeah, writing something I've just always done. Hmm. Well, what, uh, politics to sci-fi, I was going to say that's a big jump, but maybe not. Um, it, it, they're, both, they're both pretty ridiculous. So, uh, you know, <laughs> they're, they're pretty close when you think about it. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of imagination going on into it. That's right. You know, you know. Uh, but that's quite a jump. So what, but what made you actually go into writing um, the book? Was there a certain thing that happened to you or something that? Um, yeah, just... um, my band broke up. Uh, I, I played music for a long time. I was in several different bands. One of them it did a lot of touring and released a lot of records. And then I had another band after that. And uh, that band in 2015, uh, three of the members all moved out of state at the same time. And so I was trying to get new people and trying people out, and it just was very frustrating. And I told my wife, like, I need to do something creative that doesn't involve other people because I'm going crazy. And I had this short story I wrote in college, so ten years prior, and uh, I had turned to a comic with a friend, and it never really went anywhere. And I said, you know, this thing is sitting on my, on my laptop, just it needing to exist in the real world. So I stopped looking for new band members. I stopped writing the next record I was working on, and I was like, I'm going to turn this into a novel. I always wanted to write a novel, and it just seemed like that was the time to do it. So over the course of, like, five years, I worked on that thing, and uh, I put it out this year after years and years and years of, uh, you know, getting it exactly where I wanted it. Wow. I, I, and I guess it's tough because what, were the last bandmates, were they running from the law too? or <laughs> No, no. One was going to grad school and one was going to help out her sick sister. And, you know, everyone's got their right reasons. And it wasn't like a messy breakup. Well, I hate you, you know. Da, da, da. Like, no, we're all still friends. It just, uh, you know, I guess it just uh, fell apart when it was meant to. Yeah, life goes on. So I see that now you're one of your characters, you know, plays in an 80s hard rock cover band. Correct. And Sunset Strip uh, Dive Bar, I guess. So when you when you do that, so I guess a lot of your life has gone into this as well, kind of? It's just a lot yeah. of... Yeah, so I when I wrote this story, like I said, I was a college student. I wrote it as a short story for a career writing class. And I wrote it about kind of like pulled from different people. Uh, but there's a there's a definite type when it comes to being in the world of music and you're playing shows or going to shows and gigging, it's, you know, the middle-aged dude who never gave up, still has the long hair, living the dream, even if they never made it. And so I kind of took that type of character and I fleshed him out and made him a, you know, made him a person for the story. And uh, lo and behold, by the time I actually put the book out, now I'm the middle-aged guy. Going to shows with the long hair. Um, so, it, you know, I did, when I originally set out to write the story, it definitely wasn't autobiographical. But now that I'm, you know, I'm 39, I'm turning 40 next year. And it's like, yeah, I definitely see more of myself in that character now that I'm, you know, in this position. 
Hmm. But you got like aliens and sci-fi and all this stuff like that. How, how did you come to mix the two? Was it, do you have a fascination with aliens and, and all of that? Uh, yeah, so I, like I said, I love science fiction. I just it, The genre is fun to me. I think that you can there's – a, there's a lot more you can do than I think just like, you know, realist type narratives. You can, you can just go crazy with it. And I've always been a big fan of, you know, like Kurt Vonnegut and Douglas Adams and just some of these more fantastical st- weird stories. And, and so just, uh, I wanted to, when I first started writing it, uh, the, I, I, you know, I was, when I first started writing the short story, I was like, well, you know, is everyone going to, you know, when he's talking to his first time, he's like talking to aliens and stuff. He's in space. He's on this uh, missionary ship. They're trying to convert him. Um, he, uh, you know, they don't speak English. And I was like, okay, well, how, what's the device for this going to be? Is he going to, you know, are they going to have like a, like just like a trans translator kind of technology or like the Babelfish and Hitchhiker's Guide? And then I thought, what if everyone in space just spoke English? Like, and then you'd have to, you know, go into the story as to why they all speak English. But I've never seen that before. I wanted to try to uh, kind of get around some of the, you know, uh, sci-fi conventions and, and approach some of these things that we just kind of take for granted in science fiction and, and take it from a new direction. I, I see the category um, that you're in is space opera. So how, how is that, like, what, what is a space opera as far as category-wise? Uh, well, I pick space opera because there are a limited amount of uh, categories to choose from. I, I tend to refer to it as humorous sci-fi, but it is a space epic. It's a, it's a five-part series. Uh, I'm currently working on book two, hoping to have that done by the end of next year. Um, and it is, it's, it's going to just take laser through this journey, uh, through not just you know space and, and uh, the wider galaxy, but also through you know a journey of the self. Becoming a better version of you. Um, and really, that's kind of what the story is about. It's just uh, someone trying to become a better version of himself. Mm. Do, you, do you have this, like, pre-mapped? Like, when you say it's you got, like, five parts or something, do you kind of know what it's all going to, to be and how it kind of goes ahead of time and just sort of put it out? Or do you yes. Write, uh, yeah, you do. Okay. I have, I have like, a two-page treatment on every installation, uh, the, who the antagonists are, what the major plot points are, how the story's going to end. Uh, it's already down on paper. So now I'm just kind of fleshing out all those concepts uh, installment by installment. And, and so the characters, like, have you got them kind of pre, um, pre-thought out, like you kind of know who the character is and, and kind of who they are and they're kind of uh, how you want to develop them? Yes. Uh, yeah. Like I said, every story, I've already written the villain – what their motivations are, what they're trying to accomplish. And obviously, as you write, um, you, you discover things about the character as you put them in situations. And um, so, I mean, there's a character where I'll say, oh, yeah, this is who they are, and this is what they're about. Then as I'm writing the story, developing it, you know, some things might change, motiva- some motivations might change, or some aspects of their personality. So it's definitely not set in stone, but the outline is certainly there. Mm. So your main character, Lazar, who, how would you describe Lazar? Like, who is Lazar? Laser. So, Laser. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's how they say it in Canada. Yeah, That's how we yeah. say it. Yeah. He's <laughs> just French. Uh, Lazar. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, Laser's his stage name. 
he's uh he's he's been in a thrash metal band since he was a teenager and they were and again if you're into rock music or you've ever been involved in kind of like rock music scene or underground scene you know there's all these there's always a group of bands that'll play together and there's the bands that go to the shows and it's kind of this community right and uh, so he was one of the, he was one of those bands that was everyone knew they were going to make it they were going to be the next big thing and then they weren't uh, but the band just kept going forward and, and playing shows and trying to get there, and they just never reached it. And so Laser, now he finds himself in middle age, and he's he's still playing in a band, which is great, but he's, he's approaching it like he's still in his 20s. And obviously, you know, as you get older, your body doesn't really allow for that. And so he's kind of in this rut. And um, he's, you know, when you meet Laser, he's kind of at the lowest point in his life where he just has a, a, an obvious drinking problem, uh, doesn't really have any close friends or family, uh, he's just kind of going through the motions now of what he thinks he's supposed to do and who he thinks he is. And so when he gets uh, abducted, it's almost like this, uh, you know, he's breaking free from that. It's almost as if he dies and he goes to, you know, the next, the next life, right? So he is now set on this journey where he's going to have to kind of figure out just really who he is and what his purpose is and where he's going. Well, you know, if you would have had him maybe pee on the stage, he he might have made it. Yeah, right. Uh, it, 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 you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> you can you can save that for the next one. You know, there's we always steal uh, inspiration from real life. You know, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so so when you were answering that question, a lot of that uh, it started off. I was like, oh wow, a lot of that sounds pretty autobiographical. Sounds great. Uh, and then you kind of veered off to some directions with, uh, you know, alcohol. And I was like, okay, I hope some of this isn't so autobiographical. I mean, um, no, <laughs> no. I, 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 uh, my brother and I uh, own our own business. We're, it's a recycling company. Uh, I'm happily married. I have two children. I, I don't really drink too much. So, no, it, that, that part is definitely not. I've, I've moved beyond that phase of my life for sure. When you have little tiny humans you're responsible for, you can't get... Oh, my. Up, really. you got to be on the prize at all times. Kids are very creative, and they're always looking for ways to kill themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, you can only focus on so many things. So, so, what, was that, so what was that like coming back to a short story that you wrote as a, you know, I guess you said you're around 21 years old or in your college years, and then coming back, you know, about a decade later as a, you know, start at the middle-aged adult, and then trying and fleshing it out over from that perspective, and what was it like kind of merging those two frame of minds? Uh, well, I felt like, you know, it was almost writing, turning this into a novel. I mean, some of the jokes that I wrote did not age well at all. You know, some of the things you find funny at the age of 22, eh, maybe not so much when you're in your late, you know, late 30s. So I, you know, I changed up the humor a little bit. It, it was less of like, it originally had more like that family guy style humor. And I really tried to pull that out and, and make it less, less uh, antagonist jokes that are, you know, based in antagonism or... Uh, you know that kind of stuff, and more something more along the lines of something like, uh, like, uh, like, like, Mac, uh, like, 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 uh, airplane or something. You know, Monty Python things that are just a little more, uh, uh, I guess, family friendly humor. I'd say, even though some of the jokes are, you know, they, they get kind of violent and gory in places. Highbrow, high, highbrow high and lowbrow. So, um, uh, it, yeah. So, I, I, it's it's the, the tone of the humor changed. The tone of the book changed. Um, and, uh, I, I feel like I became, I I'd become a much better writer from when I was in college to after I, you know, 10 years experience writing, uh, 
political columns and grants and stuff. Um, and just the story got tighter and more interesting. But it was good. I enjoyed the process. I love the process of writing. I, I get a lot of satisfaction from it. You know, to me, from the outside looking in at least, um, based on like some of the settings and the characters, I mean, to me it seems like there might be a heavy influence from um, that 1980s cartoon heavy uh, metal. Is that part of it, or that was an influence in any way? Definitely. Um, I, I, I kind of, like, I'll, I'll tell people, it's like, what's it like? I'll say, it's like heavy metal meets Eon Flux, but uh, directed by Mel Brooks. That's a great description. I, <laughs> uh, and, and, like, so, like, to me, kind of, like, using a lot of visual images, you know, for someone like me, uh, I, and I was talking about this with Al before when we were leading up here, is that I really enjoy sci-fi, like, in a visual platform TV, but I really just don't like re- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Eating sci-fi at all, quite frankly. So, I mean, how do you, what do you tell to someone like that. I mean, if you don't like to read books, you don't like to read books. I mean, well, no I big love deal. Books. I love history. Oh. <laughs> I never learned to read, but sci-fi doesn't really do it for me yeah. in, so, in that platform. I know what you're saying. Uh, this is definitely not hard sci-fi. So, you know, hard sci-fi, it's all about the science and the technology and 
this is not that. It's humorous. It's lighter side of. Um, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And uh, I approached the writing like writing a pop song. So I don't know if you guys are like big into music, but writing a pop song, it's, it's you know, the exact opposite of, you know, do, writing something like if you're in like Yes or some kind of prog rock band, right, where you got 10 minutes long and you got all the solos and you can be as self-indulgent as you want. This book is not that. Everything is as tight as possible. I try to make it as easy to follow as possible. I don't get bogged down in, 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 in any kind of, uh, I would say, like, uh, um, it, I don't, like, lose myself in flowery language or anything like that, you know. It, it's a, like a Game of Thrones where he'll go on about, you know, fish soup for an entire page. Like, I don't do that. I try to get, <laughs> I try to, you know, if I can, if I write it in a paragraph, can I say it in two sentences? How quickly can I move this story along? Specifically because a lot of people don't read science fiction because it can get just so just complex. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, it's not homework. This should be fun. <laughs> so I, I try to make it as an enjoyable experience as possible. So it, it, when someone picks up the book, takes it home and reads it, um, what do you want them to take away? Uh, well, I, I think that's I, – I try not to ex over-explain anything. You know, I, I feel like when it comes to fiction in general, you know, there needs to be a little bit for the reader to kind of extrapolate and put their own experience on top of, and you want to give them the room to do that. So um, – Obviously, like I stated, it's, it's kind of a story of a man just becoming a better version of himself. And not just becoming a better version, but trying to understand what it means to become a better version of yourself. You know, even before you get started on becoming better, you're like, what does that entail? Who, you know, how do I do that? And, and so there, that's definitely one of the running themes in the story. But there are things there that uh, should, uh, you know, people can kind of fill in the blanks on. And plus, you know, it's got aliens and explosions and Space pirates and brain leeches and all sorts of fun, wacky stuff in there. <laughs> all the fun stuff. Sounds all the fun Florida. stuff. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, so I just wonder, but um, what's your relationship with your characters that you that you that you have? And I and I ask that because a lot of fiction writers we talk to um, will explain their characters like they're family, like they're, uh, you know, like they're children. Like I hear all these different descriptions. And also how um, a lot of writers hear voices in their head or they see it in pictures. They, they talk about their characters like they're alive. Now, do you have that same relationship or is it something different for you? Well, yeah, I mean, you spend so much time in this creative headspace when you're writing and you have to know your character. You, you have... It, when people say, oh, man, I'm trying to write this book, but it's just so difficult, and I don't know what to do. And my, my answer is just get to know your character better. You should have your character fleshed out to a point where you can just plop them down in any situation or scenario. And then they just do their thing. They are who they are. And so just like a, your best friend or a child or a parent or someone you just know really, really well, that you can imagine them if they were abducted by space aliens, space pirates, and put on this weird galactic journey, oh, yeah, I think they'd react that way. It's the same thing. So you live with these characters. You get to know them. Yeah, in a way, they are your children because you created them. Um, and so that, that relationship is definitely there. Like all, all, not all my characters, but definitely my main ones all have, you know, someone that I know that inspired the, me to, you know, make this character to a certain degree. Um, 
Did you ever take someone that you really don't like and put them in there and kill them? <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> Al's obviously offering himself as a character for the next one. So that's yeah, yeah. That out there. by all means, you know, take it. Uh, Run so with I, it. I a new alien called Hal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hal 5000. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Actually, none of my. I, I try not to hate any of my characters. Every single character in my story uh, and in the sequel beyond. Um, they all have reasons for doing what they do. No one exists for pure evil. No one does what they do because they desire power. There, there, are, there are reasons behind their actions that, to them, are reasonable. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, the spider and the fly, right? If a you know, spider and a fly, the fly, it's total chaos, but to the spider, it's a Tuesday, right? Uh, it's the same kind of thing where every single character... Um, they, they, they're not just pure evil and that's what they do. It's no, there's, there, there's something they want and there's a way that they're trying to get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, I, I wonder too, also, you being a musician and being into the music and stuff, um, you kind of express and share a lot of your own feelings and thoughts in your songs, I'd imagine and kind of expose some of that to, to the audience. And, and, and Did you find the same thing with books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the band I had before I started writing, uh, the band was called The Infamous Day, and it was the first album that I, I ever wrote entirely by myself. And, and I co-produced it with a friend of mine, and we put it out, and, uh, and so I, had, you know, I was kind of in that creative headspace when I started uh, writing this book. And, um, yeah, it just, uh, it definitely comes out. I mean, some of my opinions on topics are espoused by different characters. Um, there's a lot of banter that happens in, these, in this story. And, you know, uh, Laser, he, short, you know, about a couple chapters in, he befriends this, uh, he, he, he befriends this character. His name is Street. He's a floating octopus creature uh, who is an accountant on the pirate ship that abducted him, and uh, he was, uh, yeah, they have a whole thing about walking the plank, and yeah, it's a little, it's a, it's cute, but a little graphic. Anyways, he has, uh, he's, he's, he's this English, he has like an English accent because of, you know, uh, uh, copyrights in, in, the, in the wider uh, galaxy, and, um, and so they have a lot of banter, they go back and forth about music a lot, and so some of my opinions on the, how good some bands are, or how bad other ones are, they'll definitely touch on that in their conversations. Hmm. Now, are each, will, will each book stand alone, or do you have to kind of go through them all when you're finished these? Uh, you, you're going to need to start from the beginning. The second book picks off and picks up immediately where the first book uh, ends. And in each story will have a clear beginning and a clear end, but they daisy chain together to form a wider narrative. Right. Okay. That's important. It's important. So, what do you what do you think the biggest challenge was for getting you to get this book out? Just doing it all myself. Um, you know, I run a business, and that's not necessarily a part time job. You know, and then I got kids at home, so it's just finding the time to do it. And I, I tend to write after everyone goes to sleep. You know, put my daughter to bed, my son to sleep, and then I'll crack open my laptop and I'll write. And, uh, you know, try to get as much in as I can. I mean, that's really the main thing is um, 
making sure I give myself those pockets of time to be creative and to work on it because I love it. It's awesome. So since this is your debut, debut novel, I mean, tell us what that like emotional roller coaster was like after picking it back up and then thinking, oh, no, I'm turning this into a real book and then actually getting it to where you wanted it to be. Uh, it was a good roller coaster. I really, you know, our just life, living, dealing with bills and other people and all sorts of stuff, the, you know, mundane things we have, our brains just get so cluttered with just all this information and junk. And when I sit down and I get a chance to write, you just clear the cobwebs, you sweep it out, you give your, you know, your brain your, the ability to kind of uh, do something different. And uh, so the roller coaster, was, when I'm writing, it's, 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 it's all the good part of the roller coaster. You know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's enjoyable. It makes uh, the rest of... Uh, life a little bit easier, a little more easier to manage because you're able to just kind of cast it off, uh, all the different stuff that you're just carrying on. You know what I mean? And uh, maybe some of the thoughts and feelings that you have, you know, you're able to express those in a way that you can share with other people, you know, and not just, you know, honking your horn and screaming at them on the, on the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So with all of the uh, tension and weird stuff with COVID and all the things going on in the last few years, does that affect your um, writing or your creativity at a certain point? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. COVID's been chaos, man. Yeah, people have been squirrely and losing their minds. And uh, that's why it's even more important to have an outlet, something some, something creative. I don't care if you're playing music or cross-stitching. You need something to get that tension out. And, um, yeah, uh, definitely being able to write has been very therapeutic. Uh, just being able to get whatever kind of things are bothering you or worrying you uh, out in a healthy manner. Um, and, you know, in, in a way that not only, you know, helps you, but you could create something tangible that someone else can enjoy. Right. Do you, do you, are you able to just sit down and write? Like, can you just say, okay, well, I can write tonight 8 to 11 because everyone's in bed and do whatever. Can you just sit down and write on demand, so to speak, or do you have to be in a certain mood? Oh, I, it's I, it's kind of like a uh, chicken versus the, chicken or the egg kind of question, right? I mean, some people they will you have to kind of have this inspiration to go and sit down and write. Me, I like to go and sit down on my computer or crack it open and then just see what comes out. Um, I liken it to uh, if you're a surfer, you go to the beach, right? You're not you're not going to catch a wave if you don't go to the beach, right? So you got to go to the beach, and sometimes you catch that wave, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you write a lot, sometimes you end up just picking around at the same couple of sentences. And, um, you, you know, you, I, I've never met a writer that just knocks it out every single time they sit down. Uh, you know, everyone has their process. But you just kind of have to just regularly just go to it and, and work at it. And sometimes you're going to get a lot, and sometimes you won't. But uh, you're not going to go anywhere if you don't sit down and, and try to write. Hmm. So now, do you like to interact with your fans or listeners and stuff like that, um, and, and how do you like to do that? Is that like Facebook or a website, or where do you like people to come find you? Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I have a website that's under construction right now. It's called paulbahuwrites.com. Um, I have uh, a Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash paulbahuwrites. You can reach, reach me there. Uh, I'm kind of a one-man band right now, and like I said, between, between my company and my kids, I just work on this in the spaces between. I'm hoping to have the website open the next 
you know, six weeks or so, hopefully by the end of the year. And yeah, so right now you can find me on the Facebook page. You can find my, my book on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. And uh, yeah, hit me up on Facebook. Say hi. I'll say hi back. We'll talk about whatever. Well, fantastic. We'll have that up on our website as well, so people listening can do one click, and they'll find you, and they'll hunt you down. Heck, yeah. And That's right. Tell you, tell you, maybe give you some ideas, you know. Do you have, yeah. do you have any favorite authors that you like to read? or? I, uh, uh, like I mentioned before, like I, I, love, uh, I love Kurt Vonnegut. I think Kurt Vonnegut is probably my favorite author of all time. I, I, I really like how he can balance something very serious in something just fantastically ridiculous. Mm. At the same time, you know, like uh, Slaughterhouse Five is probably my favorite book. Um, you know, it's like, is it about the bombing of Dresden or is it about uh, you know space aliens that you know experience time differently than we do? And um, you know, that's what the, the cool thing about science fiction is: is that you can have a fairly serious subject but you can kind of wrap it up in, in, in something that's kind of ridiculous. And so you can get your point across in a way that isn't just, you know, soul-crushingly depressing. <laughs> Which, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, for me, I don't, I don't like, you know, I mean, you know, stuff like The Road, like, oh, God, kill me now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, I, I, I need something a little lighthearted. Give, give me some sugar with the medicine. And uh, I, I really enjoy writers who can do that. Um, like Sam and Rushdie's Midnight's Children is another one. I really like that. You know, it's about these, these kids, and they all have these various superpowers, even though they're in, like, you know, uh, co- you know, post-colonial India and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you have a serious topic, give me something really weird to go along with it so I can, uh, you know, not want to go kill myself after reading it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I get that. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like my books. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. And now the book we're talking about is Sunset Distortion, The Pyramid at the End of the World. And our guest is the author, Paul Bahu. Thank you for being here. Hey, and thank you for pronouncing my na- my last name better than pretty much everyone else I've uh, had the pleasure of going on their podcast. So. <laughs> find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.